0: sacred cows. He does not talk about that anymore. You have been a senator, though, for 10 years. So what have you done to rein in the increasing size of government?
1: Well, thank you for the question. Over the last several years, I've had an opportunity to vote again. It's spending package after spending package after spending package. What we also need to understand is that Joe Biden's Biden nomins has led to the loss of 10 of spending power for the average family. When you see 16% inflation, your gas is up 40%, your food is up 20%, your electricity is up 20%. We can stop that by turning the spigot off at Washington and sending the money back to the states and allowing the decisions to be made at their own houses. I helped write the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017. We cut taxes. For a single mom like the one that raised me by 70%, for dual households by 60%, returning to the average family $4,000. If you don't send it to Washington, we can't spend it. That's good news for the American people.
0: But just to to follow up, you did, during the Trump administration, you approved uh, 4.5%. $4.1 and $4.1 trillion, $1.7 trillion over the course of that administration, that's a lot of money.
1: There's no doubt that during the Trump administration, when we were dealing with the COVID virus, we spent more money. But here's what happened at the end of our time in the majority. We had low unemployment, record low unemployment, three and a half percent for the majority of the population, 70-year low for women. African Americans, Hispanics and Asians had an all-time low. But our inflation was at two percent. Under Joe Biden, we've seen the exact opposite. We've seen inflation explode, which led to twelve Federal Reserve increases. That's devastating home buyers today. Mr. Ramaswamy,
2: you're listening to the answers. If I may, oh, I mean, hold on one second. We're, g- we're going. To, so so, so we're, I don't know if I get a chance to respond. He didn't mention you specifically, but we'll be. Not going a lot of second. thunder there. I gotta Mr. say, uh, Mr. Ramaswamy listening to all of this, why should voters choose you over more experienced politicians on this stage? Uh, You're basically, you know, a blank slate for people. You're 38 years old. Uh, You've said that you only voted in two presidential elections before this moment, this political race.
3: So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician, Brett. You're right about that. I'm an entrepreneur. My parents came to this country with no money 40 years ago. I have gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. I did it while marrying my wife, Apoorva, raising our two sons, following our faith in God. That is the American dream. And I am genuinely worried that that American dream will not exist for our two sons and their generation unless we do something about it. And I do think Brett is gonna take an outsider Because for a long time, we have professional politicians in the Republican Party who have been running from something. Now is our moment to start running to something, to our vision of what it means to be an American today. If you have a broken car, you don't turn over the keys to the people who broke it again. You hand it over to a new generation to actually fix the problem. That's why I'm in this race, and we're just getting warmed up.
4: Wow. Not bad. That's a good intro, I got to say
0: this economy that we've heard all of these voters talking about tonight then mr ramaswamy who is a successful entrepreneur nationally right now he's beating you in the polls well i don't care about polls what i care about the fact
5: is that no one is telling the american people the truth the truth is that biden didn't do this to us our republicans did this to us too when they passed that 2.2 trillion dollar COVID stimulus bill they left us with 90 million people on medicaid 42 million people on food stamps no one has told you how to fix it i'll tell you how to fix it they need to stop the spending they need to stop the borrowing they need to eliminate the earmarks that the republicans brought back in and they need to make sure they understand these are taxpayer dollars it's not their dollars and while they're all saying this you have Ron DeSantis, you've got tim scott you've got mike pence they all voted to raise the debt and donald trump added eight trillion to our debt. And our kids are never going to forgive us for this. And so at the end of the day, you look at the 2024 budget. Republicans asked for $7.4 in earmarks. Democrats asked for $2.8 So you tell me who are the big spenders. I think it's time for an accountant in the White House. Wow. Well,
4: also very good. Listen, we don't care who says what. We just judge things objectively.
2: 54% Both very good. Say the cost of groceries is a, quote, major problem for them. You blame the Biden administration spending for that increase. But as vice president, your administration spent more than any prior $7.8 trillion added to the national debt, $3.5 trillion of that before COVID. So does that mean that you're part
6: of the spending problem? Well, first off, thanks for the question. Thanks for letting me respond to a reference to our administration's record. I'm incredibly proud of the record of the Trump-Pence administration. I mean, in four short years, we rebuilt our military. We revived our economy. We unleashed American energy. And we appointed three conservatives to the Supreme Court that gave the American people a new beginning for the right to life. Now, Martha, you asked earlier, who's the most best prepared for this job? And I must tell you with all due respect to all of my friends on the stage, and even to one that's probably looking on. I think unquestionably I am the best prepared, the most tested, the most qualified and proven conservative in this race. Why? I was a leader in the Congress of the United States. I led Indiana where we balanced budgets and had a AAA bond rating when I was governor. And as vice president of the United States, we spent funding to to backfill on the the – the military cuts of the Obama administration, and then we were there in the worst pandemic uh, in 100 years. All that being said, I was the first person in this race to say that we've got to deal with the long-term national debt issues. you got people on this stage that won't even talk about issues like Social Security and Medicare. I mean, Vivek, you recently said uh, a president can't do everything well, I got news for you, Vivek. I've been in the hallway. I've been in the West Wing. A president of the United States has to confront every crisis facing America. I will put our nation back on the path to growth and prosperity and restore fiscal responsibility, just as I did in Congress and as governor, Mr. Vice President and when I was vice president.
2: But yeah, named earlier. I'm gonna get
3: Vivek first. We'll get to both this isn't that complicated, guys. Unlock American energy drill frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. Put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar, and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state that is the source of those toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse that out. For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus, and I'll deliver on well,
6: it. Well, let me explain oh. it to you. Let me explain it to you, Vivette, if I can. I'll go slower this time. I, you know, I, I sometimes struggle with the reading comprehension. Look, I was a, right I was a House conservative leader before <laughs> it was cool. I actually pushed a Deficit Reduction Act. That was the last time we actually reduced the national debt in the United States, when I was the leader of House conservatives. I balanced budgets and cut taxes when I was governor. I mean look, Joe Biden has weakened this country at home and abroad. Now is not the time for on the job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. We don't need to bring in people with
4: have- this a real fight. This is so absurd. It does doesn't come off as authentic.
0: It's 30 seconds when you have a rebuttal, okay? And, and you are up, Governor DeSantis. So here's the thing. Why are we in this
7: mess? Part of it, and a major reason, is because how this federal government handed COVID-19 by locking down this economy.
4: It was there he goes.
7: He's the only one who could say that.
5: I can tell you this.
7: They will never let... The deep state bureaucrats lock you down. You don't take somebody like Fauci and coddle him. You bring uh. Fauci in, you sit him down, and you say, Anthony, you are
4: fired. Oh, that was all scripted but good. In Trump's defense will be I gave the states permission to do whatever they want.
3: I just want to Mike for one second because he invoked me. Listen, Now that everybody's got their memorized pre-prepared slogans out of the way, we can actually have a real discussion now. The the, the reality and the fact of the matter is... Is that one of yours? Not not Mm -hmm. really, Mike, actually. We're just going to have some fun tonight. And the reality is, you have a bunch of people, professional politicians, super PAC puppets, following slogans handed over to them by their 400-page super PACs last week. The real choice we face in this primary is this. Do you want a super PAC puppet, or do you want a patriot who speaks the truth? Do you want incremental reform, which is what you're hearing about, or do you want revolution?
0: Okay, And uh, I stand
3: no. on the side I'm of the American the
4: Revolution. Revolution. We're going to take
2: control back here.
0: We need everyone <laughs> to have a so weird.
4: Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, the there are two people who have
0: Governor Governor not
4: Burgram. It's like the whole thing is the Matrix. Uh, there are two people
0: <laughs> who we have not heard from yet. So let's hear from Governor Bergham and then from Governor Oh, Bergram.
4: Interesting dude. Well, great. Thank you, Martha. And
8: of course, uh, I'm from a town of... Interesting freedom. looking
4: too. It's a
9: big deal to make it on this stage with all these folks. But... But when they were they were all wishing me well, uh, and I think I took them a little too literally when they said go to Milwaukee and break a leg. (laughs) (laughs) But I do want to say on this we're missing something. We can't talk about the Biden economy because the economy, energy, and national security are all tied together. We of course we're paying too much for our energy and our. in our state, right in our country right now. But part of the reason why is because of the Biden policies on energy. We've got a plan right now, the $1.2 trillion of Green New Deal spending buried in the Inflation Creation Act is something that is just subsidizing China. We're, if we're going to stop buying oil from the Middle East and start buying batteries from China, we're just trading OPEC for Sinopec. And then belatedly, <laughs> belatedly, the, the Biden administration says, no, we're going to put sanctions on Russian oil. Well, we put sanctions on Russian oil. Well, then it's 20% off. Who's buying it? China. So if you buy a battery in this country, you buy a solar panel, it's being produced in a power, in a plant in China powered by coal, or it's being powered by oil and gas at 20% off. And every farmer in this country would like to buy diesel at 20% off, just like they're buying it in China.
10: Governor Hutchison, quickly. Go
4: He's got interesting policy. He's a billionaire who uh, created his massive business out of North Dakota, which is pretty impressive. Let me
10: just tell you that oh. I'm a pro-life governor from a conservative state that have a conservative record in which I lowered taxes in Arkansas as governor. Who is this guy? I created a Why is he
1: on the stage?
10: I passed over to my successor and I made sure that we shrunk the size of government. We have 14% fewer state Is he a real human? in Arkansas after I left government than when I took over as governor eight years ago. I tell that because that's what we need in Washington, <laughs> D.C. We need somebody who can actually constrain the growth of the federal government that can actually reduce the size. And I've pledged to reduce by 10% our federal non-defense workforce. That's a specific pledge to make that attacks the administrative state. And let me applaud some of the business partners that are here that have had success in business. But let me tell you, I've been a federal prosecutor. I've served our country in terms of being head of the DEA, in homeland security, in times of crisis. And while I think that that's experience that is important for the future of our country to be the president of the United States that can lead... With positive solutions, to be held accountable. Thank you.
4: We have a lot of time. It's, it's okay. Just, who is to this dude? To
2: everyone, if play within the rules.
4: So no, I know okay, who he is, topic, but
2: more than a thousand <sighs> people are still unaccounted for in Maui. Oh, uh, talk about current the events. in more than a century. Hawaii's governor and White House officials said that climate change apl- amplified the cost of human error.
0: A Uh, tropical storm hit California for the first time in 84 years. The ocean hit 101 degrees off the coast of Florida. And in the last month, the heat wave in the Southwest broke records nearly 50. So
4: these snippets that these people are going to say are going to be used by the Biden campaign and Democrats just watch
3: show that young people's number one issue is climate change. How will you as both president of the United States and leader of the Republican Party calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change?
0: So, we want to start on it's this. It's almost with like they're a, a show of hands. They're baiting do them. You believe it's weird. In human behavior is causing climate change. Raise your hand if you do. Well, look, we're not school children. Let's have
7: the debate. I mean, I'm happy to take it to start. <laughs> okay.
0: Alexander, okay, no. so do you want to raise your hand?
7: So let me just say
4: that's that, fair. First of all,
7: <laughs> this is so one of weird. the reasons our country's decline is because of the way the corporate media treats Republicans versus Democrats. Biden was on the beach while those people were suffering. He was asked about it. And he said, No comment. Are you kidding me? As somebody that's handled disasters in Florida, you got to be activated. You've got to be there. You've got to be
4: president. This dude has prepared
7: people who are doing Let's this. And yeah. here's the deal. Yeah. Let's just answer the question. So, is
3: that a yes? Or is that a yes? Is that a hand raise? You do not. I think it was a hand raise for him. And it's um, my hands are in my pocket. No, no, no. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for. So I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. Whoa.
4: Whoa. Whoa. And the reality
3: is the anti-carbon agenda. Is this is wild. On our economy. And so the reality is, more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate uh, change. Governor, I mean, Governor oh, Haley, are you
8: bothering listen, Wow. Listen, this is
4: not a normal debate.
8: Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here and... The last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur oh, standing on stage tonight. On, give Whoa. <laughs> give me a hug just same, like you did to Obama.
4: same type of amateur. And,
8: and Not bad. Just like you did to Obama,
2: too. Give me that the same bad hug, type of amateur. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, Governor, Governor Haley, would you like to respond? To Are you so bothered What I for? would like
5: to say is the fact that I think this is exactly why Margaret Thatcher said, If you want something said, ask a man, if you want something done, ask a woman
4: This is such a weird debate. It's like it's not even real.
5: We do care about
4: it's so bizarre.
5: We want to see that taken care of, but there's a right way to do it. And yeah. the right way to do it is, first of all, yes, is climate change real? Yes, it is. But if you want to go and really change the environment, then we need to start telling. Tell China what in India that they
4: have, to. right, that's what people habits. forget.
5: That's where our problem
4: you is. can't just cut he's things in one country and then keep growing coal in. in China.
5: All he's done is help China because he doesn't understand yeah. all these electric vehicles that he's done, what that does. Half of the batteries for electric vehicles are made in China. And so that's not helping the environment. You're putting money in China's pocket. And Biden did that. So first of all, I think we need to acknowledge the truth, which is these subsidies are not working. We also need to take on the international world and say, okay, India and China, you've got to stop polluting. And that's when we'll start to deal with that. She's
4: got two uh, solid answers so far. you got to give it to her.
1: I'm sorry. Are you bought and paid? For? Absolutely not. I mean, it, it, here's what the American people deserve: is a debate about the issues that affect their lives. Going back and forth, being childish is not helpful to the American people to decide on the next leader <laughs> of our country. Number one. Wait a second. Number two. As a kid who grew up in a single-parent household, married in poverty, I wondered: was the American dream real for kids? Who are devastated by poverty, devastated by the challenges of life, I came to the conclusion that America can do for anyone what she's done for me if we focus on restoring hope, creating opportunities, and protecting America. If we want the environment to be better, and we all do, the best thing to do is to bring our jobs home from China. If we create... 10 million new jobs in my Made in America plan, we will have a better economy and a better environment. Let me tell you why I say that, Brett. America, Do it quickly. America has cut. <laughs> I'm a Southern boy. I talk slow. So America, America. that was, another one. That was quick. America <laughs> has cut our carbon footprint in half in the last 25 years. The places where they are continuing to increase, Africa, 950 million people. India over a billion, China over a billion. Why would we put ourselves at a disadvantage, devastating our own economy? Let's bring our jobs home. We have a lot of okay. different topics to get yep.
0: to. That was long. Thank you all. Thank you, Senator Scott. So coming up that was long. the candidates will weigh in on what could be a defining issue in the 2024 campaign. The first Republican debate continues moments away.
4: So... That was a bizarre beginning to the debate. I don't know what you guys think. I think it was weird. Very weird. And um, so let's review some of the stuff that happened. Well, what is this? Hold on. Ah, yeah, oh, whatever. So uh, what's interesting here? So I think, you know, leading up to this, Vivek has done some really good podcasts, some really good interviews, you know, he talks really well. And this isn't, if you're on either, I don't care what side you're on with the, with the climate change. It has nothing to do with that. But him coming out and saying that so harshly that I'm the only one that could say this and climate change is a hoax. Even if it is, that just comes off as, it came off as really smug and arrogant. It wasn't, it just came out as very cocky. Like he knows more than you do. That was not good. He was very, he's been very smooth up to this point. That was bad. And that clip now is going to be used by whoever runs the democratic party. And that in itself will turn off a ton of independent voters. If you just have climate change is a hoax and I'm not a super PAC puppet, And I could say it. I'm the only one who could say it. that came off to me as really bad out of his character. Uh, you know, maybe the spotlight was too big. That was really, uh, not good in my opinion. Curious, uh, you know, to hear what you guys think. So, uh, Doug Burgum hasn't talked much. I think he's interesting. Like I said, he, uh, he built a multi-billion dollar business, became a billionaire in North Dakota. That is, uh, let's say not easy. Uh, um, Nikki Haley has said two things and both were pretty solid. They were both very good. Chris Christie is on the stage to just, you know, bash certain people. Uh, but he did a decent job when he talked about Vivek. Uh, that was funny. Um, skinny guy with a tie. And that was like Obama. I think a lot of people in the the country would think that's a compliment, but I guess there's a good portion that would not like that as well, obviously. Um, But that's what he, that's what he's here for. Tim Scott comes off his whatever. Uh, And Ron DeSantis has been the best person so far. And he already used his most important card, which is the COVID card, right? He didn't do lockdowns and how it was handled in Florida you know, they, they handled it the best. Uh, so that's his number one talking point. He got to use it, use it very well. Uh, it's a big point the 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 Trump defense though is going to be, I'm just saying what it's going to be. The Trump defense is going to be, Hey, I didn't centralize power and say lockdown or not lockdown. I distributed power to all the individual States and governors made the decision. So if you locked down or not, it's not on me. I gave every governor the power. So it's kind of a, an indirect attack at Trump with, with DeSantis, but, um, you know, he did, he did give a lot of power to Fauci listened to everything he said, and that did not go well at all. So, uh, I think DeSantis used that card, uh, used it fairly quickly, but you know, it's good. It, it was good. He definitely has been, definitely been practicing for this. You could tell, but I think he's done an excellent, excellent job. Uh, and again, we just call it as we see it. On the Jonathan Hogan show, very simple. We don't have political views. We just are very good at reading people, assessing the room, uh, you know, understanding what gets across most people, who's being truthful, who's not. We don't do the whole political views. We just call it. Uh, so DeSantis is definitely up right now. Nikki Haley, you got to say she's done a good job. Bergham only said one thing, and it was mediocre. I think he needs to talk more to get a shot. He's definitely interesting. Chris Christie, you know, he had a, a, one good insult. Uh, Vivek. He's coming out too cocky. He's coming out too cocky. I'm telling you, people watching this are not happy with Vivek if they've never seen him before. If this is the first time they're coming in contact with Vivek, they are turned off right now. Now, he could change that, but I'm telling you from how he comes off in every other interview up to this point, he, he's very favorable, he's unbelievable with his words, and I'm telling you, he's captivating. But on this debate... He has started off on the wrong foot. He's pressing too much on the super PAC puppet, telling the truth, and climate change is a hoax was very direct. Whatever you think of the topic, it's going to turn off a lot of people. Let's get back into the debate, and that's the assessment so far.
0: In six state referendums, all have upheld abortion rights in this country, and even in red states, there are more swing state referendums that are coming up as we head into the elections as well on this. So, Governor Haley, what do you say to your party, to your state, which today confirmed a six-week abortion law as well, especially the impact on women suburban voters across the state?
4: By the way, these are the most divisive you, Martha, topics between Democrats and Republicans to create turmoil life, in not the country.
5: the Republican Party tells me to be but because my husband was adopted and I had trouble having both of my children, so I'm surrounded by blessings. Having said that, we need to stop demonizing this issue. This is talking about the fact that unelected justices didn't need to decide something this personal because it's personal for every woman and man. Now it's been put in the hands of the people. That's great. When it comes to a federal ban, let's be honest with the American people and say it will take 60 Senate votes. It will take a majority of the House. So in order to do that, let's find consensus. Can't we all agree that we should ban late term abortions? Can't we all agree that we should encourage adoptions? Can't we all agree that doctors and nurses who don't believe in abortion shouldn't have to perform them? Can't we all agree that contraception should be available? And can't we all agree that we are not going to put a woman in jail or give her the death penalty if she gets an abortion? Let's treat this like the, like a respectful issue that it is.
4: That's and a pretty good answer, actually.
5: And stop demonizing
4: the situation. You can't do a just like you can't have a federal. You know, just like uh, Roe, how it was federally, You can't do federal
2: abortion ban. Nothing federal. Uh, One of your biggest financial backers said that you need to, quote, shift to get moderates or you will lose. What do you say to him and others who say politically that is a tough thing to sell nationally?
7: Well, I would say we sold uh, the biggest election landslide victory in the history of the Republican Party in the state of Florida in 2022. That's what I did. We can win. But second of all look um you got to do what you think is right i believe in a culture of life uh, i was proud to sign the heartbeat bill uh, i remember one of the most impactful moments of my life was when i heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids what the democrats are trying to do on this issue is wrong to allow abortion all the way up to the moment of birth i know a lady in florida named penny she survived multiple abortion attempts. She was left discarded in a pan. Fortunately, her grandmother saved her and brought her to a different hospital. We're better than what the Democrats are selling. We are not going to allow abortion all the way up till birth, and we will hold them accountable for their extremism. But just to be clear, Governor, would you sign us
2: okay. ban? Okay.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He bounced around that side of life.
7: Look, I understand Wisconsin. He's not is answering different than Texas. I understand Iowa and New Hampshire are going to do different, but I will support the cause of life as governor and as president. We we Vice president
1: Pence, a- he's should, not answering. Nash- hold on. Hold on. on. Hold on Senator.
2: Vice president Pence. You're shaking your head. Are, oh boy. On, this I'm, he's- <laughs> I'm not new to this. cause. Here we go.
6: After I gave my, <laughs> my life to Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior, I opened up the book and I read. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And see, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses, now choose life. And I knew from that moment on, the cause of life had to be my cause. And I've been a champion for life in the Congress, a champion for life as governor and as vice president. And uh, to be honest with you, Nikki, you're my friend. But uh, consensus is the opposite of leadership. When the Supreme Court returned this question to the American people, they didn't just send it to the states only. It's not a state's only issue. It's a moral issue. And I promise you, as president of the United States, the American people will have a champion for life in the Oval Office. Can't we have a minimum standard in every state in the nation that says when a baby is capable of feeling Pain and abortion cannot be allowed. A when is that point? Man is an idea whose time has come. It's supported huh? by 70 percent of the American people, but it's going to take unreal oh. leadership—leadership that stands on principle and expresses compassion for women rest- in crisis oh, pregnancies. He doesn't. Does he
4: talk like this at the dinner table?
5: He called my name so I So first of all, I will say it is in the hands of the people, and that's where it should be. But when when you're talking about a federal ban, be honest with the American people. We haven't had 45... Pro life senators in over 100 years. So, no Republican president can ban abortions any more than a Democrat president could ban all those state laws. Don't make women feel like they have to decide on this issue when you know we don't have 60 Senate votes.
6: In wow. 70% of the American people support legislation, but to 70% ban abortion of the Senate does not.
5: Okay.
4: Wow, that was Nikki Haley. Look, coming off is very honest.
0: Not, Respect. To be honest with the American
5: people.
0: Right. Let's get Governor Bergman for one, one minute here. Um, so, but the Supreme Court did over. Yeah, bring Bergman
4: back and in.
0: And and the the result of that decision was that it went back to the states. So that's where it is right now. You, he looks as funny. As I understand it, you are not in favor of a federal ban. What do you say? about the states, there's about five of them, including New Jersey, I think uh, a few others, that allow abortion up until the time of birth, though. If you were president, would you be able to abide that?
9: Well, first of all, I'm a pro-life governor of a very pro-life state. And this issue is, of course, very important, but I am on the record and I stand behind that we should not have a federal abortion ban. Uh, We should not, and the reason why we shouldn't is very simple. It's the 10th Amendment in the Constitution. In the constitution which the states created the federal government not the other way around it says that there were certain duties allowed to the federal government delegated to them by the states the rest are left to the states comma or importantly or to the people we need to get back to freedom and liberty for the people in this country and we can't have we can't have republicans who fight for 50 years for this great cause and win. To return it back to the states And then the next day they turn around and go, no, the feds should do that because the feds are stepping into people's lives. They're stepping into people's businesses over and over. If we say that the feds should be in on this one, where do we stop? I say that we follow the Constitution and this is returned to the states. This is where it should be. But Governor Burgum, you signed a a six-week ban.
2: (laughs) You signed a six-week ban.
4: That's a good way to explain what what I'm trying to say.
2: So you're saying federally it's all going to go to the states. Yes. And what what is going to work
9: in New York will never work in North Dakota okay. and vice versa. That's, why 50 states, that's why right 50 here. States. This,
10: this is too important of an issue that I have to address. Uh, first of all, uh, the Supreme Court gave right to the elected representatives, whether it's the states or whether it's the United States Congress. That's so right. there is authority. And that's why President Biden is pushing for a Democrat proposal, which is Since abortion through the term, so they have their extreme position at a national level. We it's most likely going to be addressed in the states, but it's certainly fine for it to be addressed at the national level as well. Arkansas that goes against the repeal pro-life state in the nation. I signed 30 pro-life pieces of legislation while I was governor and every state can determine a different outcome here. And it is the most important issue for women and for the unborn child and for our country that we get this right. It's going to be a continued debate. Let's talk about it in terms of compassion.
4: What Burgum is saying, though, is right. It has to be with the states.
10: Understanding how we have to enhance uh, abortion, uh, excuse me, adoption services, how we have to enhance paternal care. Those things we've done in Arkansas so they talk about how there are a
1: lot of how Roe
4: can't be on the national level, and then the next day they're saying ban abortion on the national level.
1: We cannot let states You got to be like principled. California, New York, and Illinois have abortions on demand up until the day of birth. That is immoral, it is unethical, it is wrong. We
4: must It's weird, but if the people want that in California, in why take it away?
1: Who advocate and fight for the minimum It is bizarre though. limit. I am a 100% pro-life conservative. I have a 100% pro-life record. I gotta tell you though, we must fight for life. Our declaration of independence says our creator gave us inalienable rights that include life. That is a list. That is an issue. We must solve. We can't leave it to Illinois. We can't leave it to Minnesota. We can't leave it to Illinois. We must solve that issue with a 15 week limit at a minimum.
4: But then why was Roe a problem? You said Roe was a problem because it was at the national Biden level.
5: and Kamala Harris, are they for 38 weeks? Are they for 39 weeks? Are they for 40 weeks? Because that's what the media needs to be asking. All right.
2: Another issue is America and the crime crisis, the okay. homelessness crisis. American cities are in decline. People are moving out. Okay. This will be good. Drugs,
0: crime They're going to start with the Vegas. Uh, there are problems that's
2: accelerated. They did accelerate during the pandemic and are still rising, actually.
0: Murders in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, all up 30% between 2019 and 2022. Homelessness is up 11%, the largest jump in history. Vice President Pence, a lot of this began in the COVID era. How much of what we're seeing happening around this country is a result of those COVID lockdowns? And is your administration in part to blame for how we got here?
6: Well, I think what's in part to blame is the Democrats been talking about defunding the police for the last five years. And we ought to be funding law enforcement, particularly in our major cities at, at unprecedented levels. I mean, it's extraordinary to think about the violence that's claiming innocent lives literally every week in every major city in this country. And yet Democrats and liberal prosecutors in major metropolitan areas continue to to work out their fanciful agendas, to, to do a, a bail reform and, and go easy. What we need is, is strong commitment to law enforcement. We need leadership in Washington, D.C. that will marshal the resources of the states, marshal the resources of the American people. But let me also say it's about opportunity. I mean, a lot of people don't know that those Trump-Pence tax cuts that we got signed into law go away at the end of 2025 if we don't have a Republican president uh, and a Republican House and a Republican Senate. When I'm president of the United States, we're actually going to cut taxes further. We're going to extend those tax cuts, and we're going to close the Federal Department of Education, block grant all that funding back to the states with a growing economy Whoa. and educational choice and cr- and law enforcement. We will bring our cities back.
4: That's I mean, Vivek's talking point, I mean, shutting I mean, down the Department sure- of Education. He, he just stole it. Week, That's crazy.
6: Here in
2: Milwaukee, reports say there were 30 shootings and a number of them, including kids. Wow. Uh, Add that to the big increase in school shootings around the country. Democrats blame this crisis on easy access to guns. They also blame Republicans for blocking gun control legislation. What would President Christie do?
8: You know, I'm proud of the fact, Brett, that I'm the only person along with Governor Hutchinson up on this stage who's actually running United States Attorney's Office. I ran the fifth largest office in America in a a state where there is significant urban crime. And the problem is not going to be solved by more money. The problem is is, is that these prosecutors— In these localities in the states are refusing to do their job and to arrest violent criminals. So what a President Christie would do is appoint an attorney general who would instruct each of the 93 U.S. attorneys that they are to take over the prosecution of violent crime in every one of those cities that are failing to do so. We have plenty of room in the federal prisons to lock up these violent criminals and clean up what's going on all across this country in these individual cities. Secondly, what we need to make sure that each and every one of these criminals understand is that the laws apply to everybody. And when Hunter Biden fills out a fake application, a false application for, for a gun permit, And then it's facing a 10-year mandatory minimum, which was mandated by legislation sponsored by his father. And then you have a Justice Department that walks away from those charges. We're telling people that the law doesn't apply to everybody. In a Christie administration, he would go to jail for 10 years. What about a President Ramaswamy?
2: What is a President
3: Ramaswamy?
2: That was pretty good.
3: About guns. So the reality is we have a crime wave in this country and we know how to fix it. The question is, do we actually have the spine to do it? More cops in the streets who are on the streets, able to do their jobs without looking over their shoulder for getting sued. And we also have a mental health epidemic in this country. Just over the same period that we have closed mental health institutions, we have seen a spike in violent crime. Do we have the spine to bring them back? I think we should as president, I will. But it's not just drugging up people in those psychiatric institutions with Zoloft and Seroquel. It's a deeper issue. I think faith-based approaches can play a role here too. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. And I say this as a member of my generation, the problem in our country right now, the reason we have that mental health epidemic is that people are so hungry for purpose and meaning at a time when family, faith, patriotism, hard work have all disappeared. What we really need is a tonal reset from the top. Saying that this is what it means to be an American. Yes, we will stand for the rule of law. Yes, we will close the southern border where criminals are coming in every day. And yes, we will back law enforcement because we remember who we really are. And that's also how we address that mental health epidemic in the next generation that is directly leading to violent crime. Can I speak to Governor we DeSantis really here.
2: quickly? Governor
6: DeSantis, we don't we have, an have identity that problem. was a good recover. Yeah
4: from his I'm start
6: for a new national identity the american people are the most faith-filled freedom-loving idealistic hard-working people the world has ever known we just need government as good as our people well
3: mike i think the difference is you might have as some others like you may have on the stage it's morning in america speech it is not morning in america we live in a dark moment and we have to confront the fact that we're in an internal sort of cold cultural civil you war are and we have to recognize the exactly failed
6: with. government in- Washington, D.C. We just huh? need government as good as our people again. So Governor I can so just finish DeSantis, addressing that way, slogan way because I don't know here. what that slogan right. means. Right. We need I'm to shut a down the administration. That's, that's actually how we translate crime it. Crime has
2: been Martin. on the rise in Florida, Governor DeSantis. How do you stop crime? Well, actually,
7: crime it has? is 50 year low well, in Florida. We're, in we're, we're happy with that. Well, the statewide, it's a 50 year low. And so here's the thing. These hollowed out cities, this is a symptom of America's decline. And one of the biggest reasons is because you have George Soros funding these radical left-wing district attorneys.
5: Oh, my God. They get
7: into office and they say right. they're not going to prosecute crimes. Yeah. they you imagine be sure
4: the being Indian so Serbanias powerful that your name is on the debate stage like that?
7: entire country that's ever done anything about that. Me. When we had two of these district attorneys in Florida elected with Soros funding who said they wouldn't do their job. I removed them from their post. They are gone. Wow. As president, president, we are going to go after all of these people because they are hurting the quality of life and they are victimizing innocent people in every corner of this country. And it will stop when I get into office.
9: By the way,
4: if you critique George Soros, you're an anti-Semitic. Or you are anti-Semitic, just so you know. You asked your question. Can't do that. About
9: the problems we're having in big cities, nobody ever asked the question of, "What, what about the crime wave in small towns?" Because in a small town, neighbors help neighbors. People understand each other. If a farmer gets sick, everybody comes together and helps them get the crop off. There's accountability. There's transparency. One thing that I think this country could use is somebody in the White House that understands small town values, because that's our road back to get this country on track again. Governor Hutchinson.
4: Also interesting.
10: DEA. I understand the drug crisis in America. And right now, whenever you look at the challenges the head at of our the DEA. city, uh, <gasps> there's three simple words that would be helpful. One, enforce the law when it comes to crime. Secondly, let's deal with the challenge of fentanyl. And it's both about stopping the fentanyl coming from Mexico, but it's also about education of our young people, making sure that we have. Uh, the tools that are needed for addiction counseling. That's what we expanded in Arkansas as well. Whenever you look at the underlying challenge of America, though, no one likes to see an America with smash and grab in our inner cities. As president of the United States, that will stop. It starts at the top with the respect for our justice system that a former president who's under indictment has undermined By attacking judges, by attacking prosecutors, by attacking the system and saying he's aggrieved. And so we have to have respect for our justice system and the rule of law. And it starts at the top with the president of the United States. Thank you. Hold on.
0: Um, So speaking of that, right now you are looking live at Fulton County Jail, where former president Donald Trump will be processed tomorrow. So next, the candidates will have an opportunity to talk about the coming trials of Donald
4: Trump. <laughs> oh, my God. They're going to spend the next the whole rest of the debate talking about Trump, and he's not even there. Oh, man. What do you guys think so far? What do you think? I think that last round, I think actually a lot of people said good things. Uh, I think it was all kind of spread around uh, amongst everybody. I think Vivek uh, kind of recovered a bit. Um, I think Pence made good points about how, listen, if you're saying that there's, you know, America's in a dark place and there's a problem with America, you're, you have it bad, you have it wrong. Cause it's not anything with the American people. It's the American government. So stop saying there's a problem with the American people. That's a fair, that was a fair response. It was actually a good response to Vivek, to be honest, because he always talks about how we need a new identity. And he's like, listen, the American people are great. They love freedom. They love all this stuff. The new identity is for the government, Washington, D.C. Kind of got a point. Uh, no one ever responded uh, to him with that. Uh, Doug Burgum made a good point. Hey, maybe we can get a you know a president in the White House that understands small town values and how small town values is maybe what we need right now to bring us back. You know, people helping people, loving thy neighbor. You know, bringing a lot of those cultural norms that are in small towns more nationwide. A huge swath of population won't like that answer, but it's an interesting argument. Maybe that is more of what we need. Um what else we got? DeSantis. I was shocked to hear that uh there was increased crime in Florida, but then he said Florida was actually down for a 50-year low, but they said and then they clarified Miami. I'm still surprised though. I thought Miami, a lot of people moved there, but I still thought Miami would be improved, not worse, but I guess it's just affecting everybody. So also kind of interesting for sure. Uh and uh yeah, I think that's it for right now. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, 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 very interesting. So let's get this back on the screen. Now, the whole next segment, at least the next segment, is going to be Donald Trump, who, by the way, posted this. This is on um uh X. This is Tucker Carlson. Oh, I missed it. Shoot. I just screwed it up. Where he says,
7: it's debate night, but we're not in Milwaukee.
4: <laughs> he did. It's got 75 million views already, 46 minutes at Tucker Carlson on X. So keep that in mind. I was watching some of it. Now I lost my spot, but that's okay. Uh, And now we're going to get back to the debate to see where we're at. But overall, the whole thing, the whole debate so far is a little goofy, no matter what you think of it. Like, just take the politics out of it if you can. Just weird. Just very, very goofy goofy some of it seems like fake this like fighting and attacking but it's like not real it's very bizarre very very bizarre um you guys know how i what i thought about the beginning now this whole next uh, it's so weird pence running on all this stuff we you know as an administration everything we did well the guy who was your president who you reported to is also running it's just so bizarre you're saying our my administration did so much well if, if that's true, the guy who you worked for is also running. It's such a weird dynamic for that particular one. Uh, this is where Chris Christie's is going to get his chance to shine. Uh, he's going to really lay it into to, to Trump. I bet you Asa will too. So Chris Christie, Asa. I don't know what Doug's going to say. Uh, Vivek's going to defend him. Ron DeSantis. This is going to be very interesting how Ron DeSantis ha- handles the Trump uh, uh, topic. because. The interesting part is nationwide, DeSantis has a lot of support with independents and others, but in order to win, he has to win the Republican primary and get those MAGA voters. And I don't think that's so easy without defending him somewhat, but if you full out attack him, you literally just won't have enough people to win the Republican primary just because so many people support Trump. So it's going to be a tough balance for DeSantis on this one. So it's going to be very interesting to hear. But again, Chris Christie, here's your moment to shine. And probably Asa. Doug Burgum, I'm very curious to what he says. He seems like a very logical dude so far. He doesn't have that charisma-esque. I think Vivek could do a decent job from the other point of view of Chris Christie of defending him. So it'll be interesting to watch. So it's probably coming up here right now. Um, You gotta admit, it's pretty unbelievably trollish for Trump to release an interview with Tucker Carlson probably the number one conservative commentator at 855 on the night of the first GOP debates that start at nine o'clock. <laughs> that is like ultimate troll level 15. You got to admit that is a big, big time troll. All right, let's get back to it. <laughs> you got to get that. It is. It's massive trolling. All right, here we go. Now it's all Trump, 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 Trump. Trump. We have
1: a lot to get to in this oh.
4: hour how much does the media love talking about trump what are they gonna do in like 10 years when he's dead
2: you all china trump immigration education but we are going to take a brief moment and a brief moment let's
4: watch how brief this is it's 958
0: former president trump has been indicted in four different states on 91 counts. He will be processed tomorrow in Georgia at the Fulton County Jail for charges relating to the 2020 election loss.
2: You all signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand. Uh, They're
4: raising their hands again.
2: (laughs) Wow. Everyone but Asa. Just hold on. So just be clear, Governor Christie, you were kind of late to the game there, but no, you're right, do, No, I'm doing this. Look, yeah, well, look, look, I'm doing this. And I, I know this. you didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, come. What's and your, no, no.
8: What, 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 Here you go. Like the, I said, here's the bottom line. Someone's time to shine. To stop normalizing this conduct. Okay? Now, and now, whether or not. Whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. Mixed crowd reactions.
9: And you know,
8: this is the great thing about this country. Booing is allowed, but it doesn't
1: change the truth. Wow, this is interesting.
3: You raise your hand supporting. I'd like to get in and respond. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one. Whoa see a bunch of people blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country. They could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. We have the end
7: that the that weaponization of it. justice in this
2: country. Did
8: I not call it? No, no, I'm sorry. You, you, you make me laugh because you, said, you, <laughs> you sit here in an answer. You sit here in an answer.
4: Oh, right? massive booze this time.
8: You sit here in an answer. Hmm
4: he forgot what he's saying whoa Vivek just recovered so
2: listen the more time we spend doing this the less time they can talk about issues you want to
4: talk he's addressing the audience the moderators
8: you you sit here talking about how you want to stand up for the rule of law yes and law and order and the fact is that it can't be selective in your book you had much different things to say about Donald Trump than you're saying here tonight. That's and, not true. Well, it is very true. That is not it's true. It's very true. I read it. Because and I know. Prince a the way behavior and illegal by the behavior, way, Chris. And you as by a prosecutor the way, should know Yeah, I. I know know a lot better than you do. You've never done it like you've never done anything to try to advance the interests of this government except to put yourself forward as a candidate tonight. And here's the thing. We've stood up for law and order. I did it as U.S. attorney. I did it as governor. And I am not going to bow to anyone when we have a president of the United States who disrespects the Constitution. He said... He said, he said,
4: the got to relax, though. Martha,
8: it's important to say that the president said, Donald Trump said, it's OK to suspend the Constitution. Now, the oath you take is to preserve protect and defend, not suspend. I will always stand up for our Constitution, regardless of the political
0: pressure. We have another question for you. We're going to get everyone in on this issue, but I have another question. I have another question. Hold on, you will. All right, so President Trump's former vice president is on this stage tonight. He has faced hecklers on the campaign trail over his actions on January the 6th. On that day, the vice president moved forward with the certification of the election. So do you believe that Mike Pence did the right thing, Senator Scott? Do you believe he did the right thing?
1: Absolutely. He did the right thing. Number one. Number two.
4: She's weird at asking questions, okay. not we be, prepared. We be asking
1: ourselves a bigger question about the weaponization of the Department of Justice. When I'm president, the first thing I'll do is fire Merrick Garland. Second thing I'll do.
4: So he's saying that it is being weaponized. Ray
1: because we need Lady Justice to wear a blindfold. Without that, no one has confidence in our justice system. 17% of Republicans have confidence in our Department of Justice. Here's why we keep seeing not only the weaponization of the Department of Justice against political opponents, but also against parents who show up at school board meetings. They're called, under this DOJ, they're called domestic terrorists. Firing Christopher
2: but, 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 right that's, right. but, right. but that's,
1: that's shut not right. down the FBI. Mr. actually have re- to get
2: it right.
6: right. you gotta relax, <laughs> man. Not only that,
1: in addition to that, we see the SWAT team show up at pro-life activist homes with guns drawn because this DOJ uses their power, uses their authority, not just against political opponents, but against cons- and conservative causes it is time for a change in america and i will bring that change to the greatest nation on
4: god he just started earth. preaching he just started preaching
0: do you believe that mike pence did the right thing on january 6th oh boy
7: we need to end the weaponization of these federal agents that's not the question Here, i know but here's the thing
6: this question. election is not
7: about january 6th of 2021 it's about january 20th of 2025 when the next president is going to take office i know what the democrats would like to do they want to talk about all these other issues but we've got to focus on your future we've got to focus on reversing the decline of our country i learned in the military i was assigned uh, with u.s navy seals in iraq that you focus on the mission above all else you can't get distracted so republicans We've got to look forward, and we've got to make sure Press, that we're bringing I, the
6: message that can win I, in Press November 2020. Vice President Pence, the mission of, of the United, of the United, United States is to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. I think, I, I think the American people deserve to know whether everyone on this stage agrees that I kept my oath to the Constitution that day there's we've, no we've more important duty so, uh, so times, answer the question right. thing
7: i've i've answered this before so yeah why are we he, mike mike did his duty i got no beef with him but here's the thing is this <laughs> what we're going to be focusing on going we'll forward the yeah. rehashing of this I'll tell interesting you, you know, the democrats would love that we and they will win if we let him get away with reform. it i'm not letting him hang out in the basement this time we're
2: going to run him ragged around this country and we're going to hold him accountable Let me just say, Governor DeSantis, we spent an hour talking about policy. Former President Trump is beating you by 30, 40 points in many polls. So it is a factor in the GOP primary. Governor Hutchinson, you did not raise your
10: hand. I did not raise my hand because there's an important issue we as a party have to face. And over a year ago, I said that Donald Trump was morally disqualified from being president again as a result of what happened on January 6th. More people are understanding the importance of that, including conservative legal scholars who says he may be disqualified under the 14th Amendment from being president again as a result of the insurrection. This is something
2: that could oh my disqualify
10: God. him under our rules and under the Constitution. And so, obviously, I'm not going to support somebody who's been convicted of a serious felony or... Who has this is disqualified under our constitution and that's consistent can the people the just vote let breaches. the
4: people just vote let the people vote you know like I don't know can I democracy
8: okay I'd like to answer all right I'd like to answer the question you asked and not give a pre-canned speech Mike Pence stood for the Constitution and he deserves not grudging credit He deserves our thanks as Americans for putting his oath of office and the Constitution of the United States before personal, political and unfair pressure. And the argument that we need to have in this party before we can move on to the issues that Ron talked about is we have to dispense with the person who said that we need to suspend the Constitution to put forward his political career. Mike Pence said no, and he deserves credit for it.
0: Okay, Uh, Governor Haley, we haven't heard from you on this. Do you agree? Do you
4: agree that... Oh, yeah, Nikki Haley, where are you? That day
0: or not? I do
5: think that Vice President Pence did the right thing, and I do think that we need to give him credit for that. But what I will also tell you is, look, I mean, when it comes to whether President Trump should serve or not, I trust the American people. Let them vote. Let them decide. But what they will tell you is she's
4: doing very good
5: new generational conservative leader. We have to look at the fact that. Three quarters of Americans don't want a rematch between Trump and Biden. And we have to face the fact that Trump is the most disliked politician in America. We can't win a general election that way. <laughs>
0: Governor, is that
5: the to an
9: Happy to answer the question. Mike Pence did the right thing on January 6th. But I would say you started off the top of this hour saying we're going to talk about China, Ukraine, education. We are. China is the number one threat to our country and every minute that these eight candidates spend talking about the past instead of about the future is time that is just the the you know who loves it? Biden loves it, but China loves it when
2: we're talking about the past.
0: Okay. As promised, we were going to spend a few questions on it, let people say what they wanted to say. And now, indeed, we are moving on to the subject. The of-
2: U.S. has committed nearly 77. 77- Can I speak on this issue? I was you kind of didn't, you, you answered on <laughs> this. You, you, did you did say answer. something. Yeah. I th- we thought you were done, but you, uh, no, please. Well, Mike, why don't you say this? Join
3: me yeah. in making a commitment well that on day one, you would pardon Donald Trump. I'm the only candidate on the stage who had the courage to actually say it. That is how we move our nation forward am turn the you page forward. Donald exactly Trump right. will be convicted of these crimes. You should make be able to make a commitment. The same oh. justice system <laughs> that was this. What's the difference between you and me? Yeah, I'm not a professional actually, politician. That's I've the difference. who can answer uh, a question. I've
6: actually given pardons when I was governor of the state of Indiana. It usually follows a finding of guilt and contrition by the individual that's been convicted. So, look. Will, 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 if I'm president in the United States, we <laughs> give fair consideration any pardon request. But if I'm that. <laughs> If I may. (laughs) You know, it's not about looking back. He's such a politician. It's wild. It's about January 20th, 2017. I put my left hand on Ronald Reagan's Bible. I raised my right hand and I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And it ended with a prayer. So help me God. It was a promise that I made to the American people, but I also made it. It made it to my Heavenly Father. Every day for four years, I sought to keep that oath. And everyone on this stage needs to make it clear whether or not they'll do the same if they earn this job and the confidence of the American people. Now, look, I've made it clear. I I had hoped that the issues surrounding the 2020 election and the controversies around January 6 had not come to this, had not come to criminal proceedings. I would rather they have been resolved by the American people and the American people alone. But no one's above the law, and President Trump is entitled to the presumption of innocence that every American is entitled to, and we will make sure and extend that to him. But the American people deserve to know that the president asked me, in his request that I reject or return votes unilaterally, power that no vice president in American history had ever exercised or taken, he asked me to put him over the Constitution. And uh, I chose the Constitution, and I always will. I had no Vice right President to overturn the election. And but out. he asked him to do a legal thing. You could send it back to the
4: state legislature. They then changed that law.
6: Thank you, Vice President Pence.
4: So he, that's not totally true.
2: The U.S. has committed nearly $77 billion in aid to the Ukraine war. The Ukraine? This is now asking Congress for also interesting. This is also interesting. Regardless,
4: this will show that. who's establishment and who's not anti-establishment.
2: Is there anyone on stage who would not support the increase? Oh, of I here would not we go. What's. I
7: mean,
4: oh, the Santas. Oh, but oh, the only one. I will have
7: Europe de- pull their weight. Uh. Uh, right would, now they're not doing it, uh, and I think we North North need to. And I think our support should be contingent. Oh, he's so mixed. It. And I would have support in China uh, to be able to take uh, to be able to take China um, and do what we need to do with China.
2: Mr. Ramaswamy, you would not support an increase of funding to Ukraine.
7: I would not, and
3: I think that this is disastrous. <laughs> that we are protecting against an invasion across somebody else's border when we should use those same military resources to prevent across the invasion of our own southern border here in the United States of America. We are driving Russia further into China's hands. The Russia-China alliance is the single greatest threat we face. And I find it offensive that we have professional politicians on the stage that will make a pilgrimage to Kyiv. To their pope, Zelensky, without doing the same thing for people in Maui or the South Side of Chicago or Kensington, I think that we have to put the interests of Americans first. Secure our own, as somebody else's. And the reality is, this is also how we project strength by making America strong at home. We heard heard
8: the names. Governor Christie first. All right. Look, I did go to Ukraine, and I went. He's the the only one. Because I wanted to see for myself. What Vladimir Putin's army was doing to the free Ukrainian people. And let me tell you, I want you all to look around this arena tonight and imagine that every one of these seats was filled. And if every one of them was filled, there would still be 2,500 more children outside to make over 20,000 who have been abducted, stolen, ripped from their mother's and fathers right. and brought back to Russia to be programmed to fight their own families. They have gouged out people's eyes, cut off their ears and shot people in the back of the head, men, and then gone into those homes and raped the the daughters and the wives who were left as widows and orphans. This is this is the Vladimir Putin. This is the Vladimir Putin who
4: so Donaldson descriptive,
8: brilliant, and a genius. If we don't stand up against this type of autocratic t- killing we in the world, we will be next.
2: Vice President
6: right. Pence was mentioned. You get thirty seconds. Yeah. Well, let me let me be clear. Anybody that thinks that we can't solve the problems here in the United States and be the leader of the free world. Has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on Earth. That is incorrect. We can do both, Vivek. We've done both. We've been the leader of the free world and the arsenal of democracy for years. The Reagan doctrine years ago made it clear. We said, if you're willing to fight the communists on your soil, we'll give you the means to fight them there so our troops don't have to fight them. Vivek, if we do the giveaway that you want to give to Putin to give him his land, it's not going to be too long before he rolls across a NATO border, and frankly, our men and women of our armed forces are going to have to go and fight him. I want to let the Ukrainians fight and drive I, Putin I and the flash. Russians back out I knew, into I, Russia. I, 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 I want so
3: briefly address President I have a newsflash. The USSR does not exist anymore. It fell back in 1990. Did I say the real USSR? threat, you talked about the communists. And the real communists that
6: we have to address right now have any is the— have idea what I, Vladimir you, Putin's aims you, you already
3: spoke. Now I access exactly. Vladimir Putin seconds. has
6: been saying he wants to reestablish the old you, Soviet sphere made of influence. You've your point, Vice President. Vice President, you President, President I'm sorry if I insulted him by calling him a communist. He is a dictator and a murderer— and the-, the United States of America needs to stand oh my against my authoritarianism. Right. Mr. Ramos me 30 seconds. The real
3: threat we face today is communist China. And we are driving Russia further into China's arms. The Russia China military alliance is the single greatest right. threat we face. Okay. Nobody in either political party is talking about everybody it. To and Mr. Mr. I Vice am President, the only non-Bermio on this stage. stage keep but, us but but out Mr. Of Vice President, Between we can't China hear. And Mr. And Vice Russia President, is to give Russia
6: every everything, everything they've got. Mr. Hope. Vice President. Give them a promise that Ukraine will never be in NATO, and then somehow Mr. Vice President. China will not think about taking Taiwan. We achieve peace through strength. Mr. Vice President. As America needs to stand for freedom.
2: Okay. Here we go. I think we need to establish some what, ground rules here, When we folks. hear this bell, yes. that, that means done. your time's done. done. <laughs> so, Mr. Vice President, we appreciate your aggressiveness here. 30 seconds is 30 seconds. Mr. Ramaswamy, you were mentioned. You get 30 seconds. So, the reality is that uh-huh. today,
4: today... That weirdly kind of helped the, the Vikes earlier stuff.
2: ...is not a priority for the United States of
3: America. And I think that the same people who took us into the Iraq War, the same people who took us into the Vietnam War, you cannot end it. You cannot start another no-win war. And I do not want to get to the point where we're sending our military resources abroad when we could be better using them here at home to protect our own borders, okay. protect the homeland. All right. That will be my top priority for the policy. we gave you protect more than, this than the
0: seconds in the rebuttal. So I do want to get to some other people because everybody, uh, we, we respect everybody's time here. So, Governor Haley, <laughs> um, you... Did not raise your hand, meaning that you would support more funding for the Ukraine war. Yeah, she loves war. Have, uh, said of Governor DeSantis that um, you, you didn't appreciate it when he initially called it a territorial dispute. Why?
5: First of all, the American president needs to have moral clarity. They need to know the difference between right and wrong. They need to know the difference between good and evil. When you look at the situation with Russia and Ukraine, here you have a pro-American country that was invaded by a thug. So when you wanna talk about what has been given to Ukraine, less than three and a half percent of our defense budget has been given to Ukraine. If you look at the percentages per GDP, 11 of the European countries have given more than the U.S. But what's really important is go back to when China and Russia held hands, shook hands before the Olympics and named themselves unlimited partners. A win for Russia is a win for China. We have to know that Ukraine is the first line of defense for us. And the problem that Vivek doesn't understand is he wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He wants to let China eat Taiwan. He wants to go and stop funding Israel. You don't do that to friends. What you do instead is you have the backs of your friends. Ukraine is a front line of defense. Putin has said if Russia, once Russia takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. That's a world war. We're trying to prevent war. Look at what Putin did today. He killed Pergozin. When I was at the U.N., the Russian ambassador suddenly died. This guy is a murderer, and you are choosing a murderer over, over a
0: pro-American country. First of all, Mr. Ramaswamy, you have 30 seconds.
4: You always got to support whatever war it is. Otherwise, you hate America.
5: Of the matter a and you know Boeing you came off down, of it but you've been pushing this lie stage, you've been pushing this you lie want, all week you want Nikki. to go and defund this, israel you want to okay get let me address China. that i'm glad you, you brought that up i am going to go claim claim address each of those right now this is the false another you're watching so the reality is america less than you have no foreign policy experience and it shows and you know what the foreign policy experience that you all have shows in the world wars has that into i'd that So our
3: relationship with Israel will never be stronger than by the end of my first term. But it's not a client relationship. It is a friendship. And you know what friends do? Friends help each other stand on their own two feet. So I will lead Abraham Accords 2.0. I will partner with Israel to make sure Iran never is nuclear armed. But you know what I love about Israel? And I've been there probably in the last 10 years more than most people on this stage. You know what I love about them? I love their border policies. I love their tough-on-crime policies. I love that they have a national identity and an iron dome to protect their homeland. And so, yes, I want to learn from the friends that we're supporting. And what puzzles no, me to cut the, is, uh, the no, I want to learn
0: from those and apply those
2: you, to protect our homeland, It's that Mickey. Israel needs is America. America needs on? Israel. Yeah. Okay, they Governor DeSantis, 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 you were mentioned in the territorial dispute. Not only— No, it's not a territorial dispute president of the United States— your
7: first obligation Uh is to defend our country and its people and that means you're sending all this money but you're not doing what we need to do to secure our own border we have tens of thousands of people who are being killed because what we're not handling both and so i am going to declare national emergency i'm i'm not going to send troops to that's you, true we're
4: I'm not going to send them to our
7: southern border when these drug pushers are bringing fentanyl across
2: the border
4: that's going to be the wow. last thing they do we're took the vase talking point we're going to leave them
2: stone cold okay. dead. We are, we are actually we're actually going to move front. on to china we're, we're going to talk about china, we're, okay. We're we're, talk about china. okay the governor he keeps saying china that it's so biggest weird in the world the biggest army in the world he always says that are threatening taiwan In coming years, God, the establishment wants
4: war so bad. They They love war.
2: Just arrested two sailors accused of spying for China within our military. So the question is how would you deter China as a president, Burger? Well, this is
9: the number one issue we're facing. And of course, we haven't been talking about it. And we act like that letting Russia win in the Ukraine uh, is like a gimme as opposed to a gift to China. Russia has become China's gas station. But how would we do it? Uh, the Biden administration is a complete fail. China imports million barrels of oil a day more than any other country in the world. They do not even have all the food they need to feed everybody in that country. So they don't have energy security or food security. But the Biden administration sends blinking, yelling, Uh, Over there, uh, that's true. They're they're over there. They don't even bring up energy because they're too busy trying to kill the U.S. energy here. And what we need to do is not meetings, not press releases, uh, because something that would send a lot more than a press release is actually harpoon missiles. We need anti ship missiles on Taiwan. The way that you have a war never start, which is the goal, the way you have peace through strength is that you actually have strength. You actually have deterrence. And what we have in 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 what we've got going on in Ukraine is an example of when deterrence fails. What, what is an example there of Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan? The fact that he greenlighted Putin moving into Ukraine, and then now they see weakness, and when they see weakness, they make a move. And we have to be strong, and we have to be strong both in Ukraine and we can solve the southern border. Absolutely, we can do that because guess what? There's only 19,855 authorized people for the border patrol, but they're not all staffed because the Biden administration doesn't enforce law enforcement. But Biden. Wanted to put 87,000 people in the IRS as opposed to giving the money in this fort we need to our own Border Patrol.
1: Okay. okay.
2: Senator, Scott. And, and
1: Senator Scott on China. That same question. And I speak about let's, let's fire the 87,000 IRS okay. agents and hire eh. double the number of Border Patrol agents. I just left Yuma, Arizona about two weeks ago. The most pressing need of the American people from a national security standpoint is our southern border. It has led to the death of 70,000 Americans because of fentanyl, plus 6 million illegal crossings since President Biden has taken office.
4: I think it's over 100 now.
1: 100 people on our national security watch list have been caught at our border. How many have not been caught at our southern border? If we just spend $10 billion, we could finish the wall. For $5 billion more, we could have the military-grade technology to surveil our southern border to stop the flow of fentanyl and save 70,000 Americans a year. That should be the priority of this government.
4: Why does anyone want an open border? I don't understand it. It's so weird. That border
2: wall complete. There are many I more questions I on China. China. I do want to I ask want to say about I want to say I couldn't
9: agree more. It's not just the 70,000 from fentanyl. We've lost 200,000 people to overdoses since Biden took office. That's 300 people a day. We're taking mass casualties, and those aren't—that's a statistic, but these are sons and daughters, nieces and nephews that we're losing. We've got North Dakota troops down there flying night helicopter missions from San Diego to the Gulf Coast trying to stop these transnational criminal organizations. They've got better funding on their side than we've got on our side. Speaking of which, Governor Hutchinson, speaking of which, images from earlier this month— Governor with
2: mexico vice president pence images from earlier this
6: month vice president pence it really
2: doesn't help i'm asking a question earlier this month images showed suspected cartel members crossing into texas with rifles do you consider this an invasion would you authorize lethal force along that border
10: there would be lethal force used by the Border Patrol, law enforcement as needed to protect the border. Absolutely. When you look at the military. Oh, I forgot about ESA. The military <laughs> has to be used for intelligence gathering purposes. This is not unusual. Whenever I was in the Bush administration, we went down there and met, met with President Vincente Fox of Mexico and asked his help on going after the cartels. And he looked at me and said, they're a problem to us as well. And so we joined together and we took down the Ariana Felix brothers leading the Tijuana cartel and that made a difference. Ramon was shot and killed and Ben Amin was captured. Cooperation makes a difference. We cannot be successful going against the cartel unless we bring in Mexico as a partner. We have to use economic pressure to accomplish that. President Obrador has not been helpful. And we have to use economic pressure that this administration is not using. The rule of law has to matter on both sides of it. Okay. This is critical. I've done it. We know what needs to be done. The military has to be limited in its use. When After 9-11, we had the global war on terror. And guess what? We protected the border at the same time. You can do both.
0: Okay. Uh, let's go to Governor DeSantis. So, as president... Would you support sending US special forces over the border into Mexico to take out Fentanyl Labs to take out drug cartel operations? Would you
4: stone cold dead?
0: <laughs> use? Yes, and I will do
7: it on day 1. Here's the thing. The cartels if he says this again, killing tens of thousands of our fellow citizens. You want to talk about a country in decline you have the cartels controlling? a lot of part of your southern border. We have to reestablish the rule of law and we have to defend our people. The president of the United States has got to use all available powers as commander in chief to protect our country and to protect the people. So when they're coming across, yes, we're going to use lethal force. Yes, we reserve the right to operate. How many more tens of thousands are we going to let to die? I am sick. I've met angel moms throughout this country. I met a lady in in Texas named Tracy, and her son took one Percocet that was laced with fentanyl, immediately died. That is happening all across this country because of the poison that they are bringing in. So as president, would I use force? Would I treat them as foreign terrorist organizations? You're darn right I would. You know, Vice President
2: Pence, Vice President Pence, why would you be better at this issue than Governor DeSantis? Governor DeSantis on the campaign trail refers to your administration as not finishing. Oh, right. Pence. Right.
6: Right. look we secured the southern border of the United States of America and reduced illegal immigration and asylum abuse by 90%. When Joe Biden took over, he threw open the southern border yes. of the United States and the wave of humanity, the wave of fentanyl that's been eloquently described here, is, is, a, is a wave of human tragedy across this country. But Martha, you began this evening talking about who is best prepared to be the next president of the United States. And I have to tell you, with all humility, I I was there when we negotiated uh, through the government shutdown and got the funding available to build the wall. I was negotiating on Capitol Hill around the clock. I negotiated the Remain in Mexico policy on behalf of the president of the United States. And AC, you're so right. It's because we used economic pressure to bring the Mexicans to the table, and they allowed us to have people wait in Mexico while they applied for asylum and ended asylum abuse overnight. We got the Mexicans to deploy their National Guard to their southern border and and to our southern border as never before. And I want to promise you, as President of the United States of America, I will engage Mexico the exact same way, and we will partner with the Mexican military, and we will hunt down and destroy the cartels that are claiming lives in the United States of America. Okay, thank
0: you. Another issue that is related to this is that almost 7 million— Migrants have crossed this border, our southern border, during the Biden administration. So, Governor Christie, what would you do about the 7 million who
4: are here? 7 million? That? What would you do? Look, Where that's are thing. they? The
8: first thing we need to do is to stop any from coming. That's the first thing we need to do. Then the next thing we need to do with the folks that are here is to, again, as we've talked about all night tonight,
4: just give them New Jersey to
8: have law and order in this country. We have to enforce the law. And what that means is to make sure that people who come here illegally are not rewarded for being here illegally. We have so many wonderful people from around the world who are waiting in line, following the law to try to come here and pursue the American dream. And those people are waiting and waiting and waiting because we haven't dealt with the problem of the folks who are here. We have to have them detained. We have to make sure that they are not rewarded for having broken the law. And one last thing on this fentanyl issue with China, we can't take our eye off of that ball. Yes, it's important that we secure the border. Very important, as I just said. But China is sending these chemicals to these drug cartels for them to create the fentanyl that is killing hundreds of thousands of our citizens. The Chinese are engaging in an act of war against us, killing our citizens. We better make that priority one in our conversations with China and to try to straighten that relationship out because if we don't
4: more war, baby. I just want to clarify. Let's just fight a hundred wars. Of course.
8: You'd
2: have
4: to. Have I think we should wage war on Americans every country
2: up, in the world. Talk about the crisis in education. Just to
3: test as... it. Let's just give it a test.
4: All right. Again, very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. Um, everyone seemed to be fairly aligned on... Uh, those topics: the southern border, the fentanyl, uh, a lot of alignments there, a lot of alignments. So not too crazy, but uh, I believe this was the last one, the last segment when Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy went at it, and the, I gotta say, the crowd was feeling Nikki over Vivek for sure. That they were just cheering her on, like she was just crushing it. I mean, that's that's how they perceived it. Um, You know, I got to say, I got to stay with what I was originally saying. I don't think Vivek is doing nearly as well as he has done leading up to this moment. Um, He's really had some incredible talks and interviews. He's coming off as really cocky, arrogant. I'm better. These people can't say anything. Only I can speak the truth. Very pompous. Is that the right word? Pompous. Uh, whatever you think of Nikki Haley, she's done fairly well in her answers. I think she's done a pretty good job. Listen, this is about who we support. We just call things as they are objectively. And Nikki Haley has definitely done one of the better jobs. Uh, Mike Pence just takes up a lot of talking room that other people can do. There's no way that dude talks like that behind closed doors. It seems extremely manufactured and I just do not trust it. Asa Now I understand he has ties to the Bush administration and the DEA. Okay. So he's like an old school neocon. I got it. Um, Chris Christie, um, you know, he's there, he's on the stage to, you know, attack Trump, but uh, he's answered other questions decently. Well, that last one with the border and the migrants, I think he did a good job. Um, And DeSantis is interesting. He's doing good in his answers. I have to say uh, he's delivered some very good answers. But the, the moderators are putting him in a tough position where Trump is very, uh, at least like anti-establishment in a lot of his views of, you know, no war, like we need no war. And since DeSantis can't fully say that he's been in the middle, like, will you not support Ukraine? He like puts his hand up and then he like waves it like a little bit and they're like, wait, you wouldn't send it to Ukraine. And then he like diverts the Southern border. It's interesting. He's balancing getting the Trump supporters, those MAGA voters, with establishment talking points of more war, more, you know, more money to the military industrial complex. That is a tough balance because they are totally opposite of one another. And he's doing his best to balance it, but he's not answering questions directly. And this has happened twice now that he hasn't answered the questions directly. So, uh, I think this is going to catch up to him. I don't think he can just play coy uh, with these issues. Uh, I think the MAGA voters are realizing he's not answering it. And then from the establishment side, you know they don't really care because they know in the end they'll pro- he'll probably support that. But they can't be happy, too, because he's not confidently saying, hey, we should you know go to war with Russia as long as we can. We should just fight every country and spread democracy across the universe. He's not going all the way out. So, they have to be losing confidence. So, he actually might lose both sides because he's trying to play the middle ground. So, he's turning off establishment neocons and MAGA voters. I don't know how he's going to get those MAGA voters because they love Trump. They love him. I just don't see how it's going to happen. I really don't. That is a tough balance. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's very crazy. Vivek needs to be more, has, have, he needs to have a little more humility on the stage. And, um, you know, I mean, Nikki brought up that Israel talking point, which is an interesting one. Uh, listen, let's just take a listen to the, uh, this might be one of the last, uh, parts, but the debate is back on. I think we got 23 minutes. If I, if I'm right, here we go.
2: ...ever for American school children, uh, exposing chronic absenteeism, deep declines uh, for reading and math for 15-year-olds and 13-year-olds. Governor DeSantis, you would eliminate, you said, the Department of Education. But as president, would you still have a responsibility to fix this crisis as we see it?
7: Absolutely. The decline in education is one of the major reasons why our country is in decline, we need education in this country, not indoctrination in this country. And in Florida, Florida, we stood up for what was right. First, we had schools open during COVID, and a lot of the problems that we've seen are because these lockdown states lock their kids out of school for a year, year and a half. That was wrong. We stood up. I took a lot of fire for that. I was, uh, I was pilloried by the media, but I stood for our kids. And as president, I'll stand for you and your kids as well. But we have to make sure that what our schools are doing is focusing on solid academics. In Florida, we eliminated critical race theory from our K through 12 schools. We eliminated gender ideology from our K through 12 schools. And we have elevated the importance of American civics in teaching our kids about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. As president, I'm going to lead an effort to increase civic understanding and knowledge of our Constitution. We cannot be graduating students that don't have any foundation in what it means to be an American. Are they going to bring up that slavery Mr. thing?
2: Mr. Ramaswamy, Mr. Ramaswamy, hold on, Senator Scott. You've said that the Department of Education, the FBI, the ATF, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the IRS, the Department of Commerce, <laughs> many of these should not so exist. So many. That's correct. So, to the education question, how would you
3: deal with the crisis? So, look, crisis of achievement. Let's shut down the head of the snake, the Department of Education. Take that $80 billion, put it in the hands of parents across this country. This is the civil rights issue of our time. Allow any parent to choose where they send their kids to school. End the teachers' unions at the local level to allow public schools to compete. And then revive our national identity where every high school senior should have to pass the same civics test that, frankly, every immigrant, including my mother, had to pass in order to become a citizen of this country. And the fact of the matter is, look, there's a part of education policy that also rests with the family. I didn't grow up in money. But, you know, the word privilege gets used a lot. Well, you know what? I did have the ultimate privilege of two parents in the house with a focus on educational achievement. And I want every kid to enjoy that. So part of the problem is we also have a federal government that pays single women more not to have a man in the house than to have a man in the house, contributing to an epidemic of fatherlessness. And I think that goes hand in glove with the education crisis as well, because we have to remember education starts with the family and the nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind.
4: That was a good answer. That was a recovery from vague.
0: Has said, Governor Haley has said that biological boys playing in girls' sports.
4: Oh, God, here we go.
0: (laughs) You said that even though you signed a ban on this in North Dakota, that there hadn't been one instance where it was actually needed.
4: Nikki in North Dakota.
0: You think that too much is made of this issue?
4: Oh, yeah.
9: No, I'm saying in North Dakota, we made a priority of protecting women's sports, and we've done that uh, in our state, Uh, but I would absolutely do that. But I do think when we start talking about education and we think that we're going to have a federal government, one size fits all, we're just completely losing track of the fact that education differs by state. Some some school districts are doing a fantastic job some less so but the idea that every school district state and every teacher is somehow indoctrinating people is just false you know when i was building a company from scratch you know with small town kids and we went you know grew up in a town of 300 but we built a global company in 132 countries with over 100,000 customers we listened to those customers we spent time with them we talked to them we did that and as governor well. Education is one of the biggest part of a state budget. So as a governor, I go, I shadow a student. I don't, uh, the night before I find out the students, the the student finds out, I'm going to go to every class with them. I don't sit and lecture school districts how to do it. I go and see the experience. And there's a lot of things that have to change. But what needs to change in education is ev- its innovation. We're doing it the same way we did it 50 years ago with innovation, not regulation. I would get rid of the Department of Education. I would give block grants to schools, but I'd give them on merit based on who's doing the most innovative. I just got done holding the seventh annual Governor's Conference on Innovation in Education. You should see what the people are doing when you, get, you cut loose the red tape, get the burden off their back. They can't teachers in this country the vast majority of them care about those kids they're working in low-paying jobs and they're fighting fighting for those kids and they're their families
4: yeah we are teaching the wrong things First,
5: I'll, I'll tell you as you know as a parent the one thing you want is for your child to have a better life than you did and we the jobs of the future can be so different there's a lot of crazy woke things happening in schools, but we've got to get these kids reading. If a child can't read by third grade, they're four times less likely to graduate high school. So we need to make sure we bring in reading remediation all over this country. We need transparency in the classroom because parents should never have to wonder what's being said or taught to their children in the classroom. Parents need to be deciding which schools their kids go to because they know best. And let's put vocational classes back into the high schools. Let's teach our kids to build things again. When we do that, we allow that. It's a fair answer. That's when it'll get back. And yes, I will always say I'm going to fight for girls all day long because strong girls become strong women. Strong women become strong leaders. And biological boys don't belong in the locker rooms of any of our. our
0: this is going to go uh, to you, Vice President. I knew it. So This is a lightning round of questions. Oh 30 second answers, please. Uh, President Biden will be 82 years old on Inauguration Day. Nearly 70% of Americans say that he is too old to serve. Really? He's so sharp. So presidents have to pass a mental and physical test. Didn't they in make order Trump do to it? To serve Vice President Pence.
6: Well, I, it might be a good idea to have everybody in Washington, D.C. pass a mental test. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, 30 seconds, no, the American people can make those judgments. But let me say, I'm running for president of the United States because we don't need a president who's too old and we don't need a president who's too young. We need a president who's been there. We need a president who knows how Congress works, how the White House works, how states work. And on this education issue, Martha, I was fighting against No Child Left Behind when Republicans were doubling the Department of Education. I'll also shut down the Federal Department of Education. And when I was governor, we doubled the size of the largest school choice program in America, and we'll give school choice to every family in America so, when I'm um, in the White House.
2: This is a lightning round, Mr. Ramaswamy. I think you were mentioned there. You're 38. You're the youngest on the stage. You've said, and you just said, you want a civics test or public service for those under 25 to be able to vote. So the question is, do you want a mental acuity test for presidents over 75?
3: I believe in the people of this country to tell the difference between somebody who is an automaton and somebody who's actually a thinking agent in the White House, which we don't have in there today. And I will tell you, I want to address Vice President Pence's comment. I think we do need somebody of a different generation to lead this nation forward. Look at the way I've run this campaign, going to the south side of Chicago, to Kensington in the middle of Philadelphia where traditional Republican candidates don't go. We have an opportunity to build a multi-ethnic, working class majority to deliver a landslide. And I think I'm the only candidate in this race, young or old, black or white, to bring all of those voters along to deliver a Reagan 1980 revolution. Same. We're going to do it in
0: 2024. Same question. Going to I
6: will now vote in a presidential election. Okay. until I will answer that. I will answer that. 30, answer seconds, that. 30, 30, 30 seconds. 30 seconds.
5: You answer no, guys have no, 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 to no, get no, control no, of this no, Everybody's going to have to get control no, of this no, debate. Listen, we're getting control
2: of the debate. This is a lightning round.
10: On education, first of all, look at Arkansas. We have to compete with China. I built computers. Science education. We led the nation in computer science education. Arkansas going from 1,100 students to 23,000 students taking it. This is how you compete. The with best China. engineers come from As Arkansas. The United States. <laughs> I will make sure we go from 51% of our wow. schools offering computer science to every school in rural areas and urban areas offering computer science. This
4: guy's one of the greatest engineers, engineers of all time, kids,
10: and we can <laughs> compete with China in terms (laughs) of technology this is
0: is... is coming to you um we're trying to do a a quick round of different topics here so senator scott faith is on decline in this country you talked about it a little bit before tonight so is there a role for a president of the united states in changing that what would you do to change that
1: Our nation was founded upon the Judeo-Christian values that has made this the greatest nation on God's green earth. I'm a big believer in Ephesians 3.20 that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. Our responsibility should be to model the behavior we want others to follow. On education, the only way we change education in this nation is to break the backs of the teachers' unions. They are standing in the doorhouse of our kids Locking them into failing schools and locking them out of the greatest future they could have. As President, Governor DeSantis, would you support some mandatory
2: Weird. military service for all Americans?
7: I think it should be voluntary. I'm somebody that volunteered to serve, inspired by September 11th, and I deployed to Iraq uh, alongside U.S. like Fallujah, Ramadi. And it's uh, something that I think has taught me, you know, when you go in that that type of environment, anything you have, your personal agenda, you check it at the door. You go there, and it's about focusing on the mission above all else. And guys come together. He said that before. And that's how I would view being the president of the United States. It's not about me. It's not about all these other side issues. My sole focus will be on your future and reversing this country's decline.
0: Okay, now for something uh, a little out of this world, and this is for you, Governor Christie. Do you believe that the recent spike in UFO encounters...
8: Oh, I get the UFO <laughs> is, question?
0: Yeah,
1: you do. Come on, there man. No, but,
0: but... okay, we've been hearing a lot of... We've been hearing a lot of testimony in Congress, and people are taking this a lot more seriously, and we're hearing that, you know, there are things going on that people aren't aware of. So... If you were president, Governor Christie, would you level with the American people about what the government knows about these possible look,
8: and especially coming from a woman from New Jersey, (laughs) I I think it's horrible that just because I'm from New Jersey, you asked me about unidentified flying objects (laughs) and Martians. Um we're different, but we're not that different. Um look, um, of course the job of the president of the United States. Is to level with the American people about everything. The job of the President of the United States is to stand for truth. The job of the President of the United States is to be a role model for our children and our grandchildren. And so whether it was UFOs or this problem of education, and Tim's right, by the way. And I started this in 2010 by going right after the teachers' unions in New Jersey and drove them down to an all-time low popularity rating because they were putting themselves before our kids. That is the biggest threat to our country, not UFOs.
2: Okay. Well, coming up, we've got Closing Arguments Plus right after the debate. Hannity is live from the spin room right here in the Fiserv Forum with reaction from all the candidates.
4: Yeah. So, uh little analysis here. Uh they all had a lot of agreement with uh shutting down Department of Education. So that's clearly a Republican talking point there. Uh the teacher unions that was also um a big one. Oh, uh, wait, we got a comment here. What are people when are people going to wake up? There's no such thing as an election. But a selection. I don't know what that comment means. But uh anyways. So Again, we got Trump putting out an interview with Tucker Carlson on Twitter five minutes before this debate. They actually didn't spend an insane amount of time on Trump. I thought they were going to spend 72% of the debate with Trump. That's what I thought. Tim Scott, not impressive at all. Doug Burgum had his moments, but not good. Uh, Asa, barely even there. Chris Christie capitalized early on his thing, but then fell off. Uh, Nikki Haley, I think has been steady and actually pretty decent. Uh, I think she's been pretty good, actually. Vivek has some very good points, but uh, came off as a little too much sometimes. And Desantis very good, but too much balancing. So I think a lot of this will get exposed later on. We'll see. So right now, I'd probably rank it. Um, I'd probably say, if you take the whole thing into consideration, I'd probably say Nikki Haley is one. I'd say Ron DeSantis is two. I would say Vivek is three. I would say Chris Christie is four. I would say Bergham is five. I would say Tim Scott is six. And I would say Asa Hutchinson is seven. That would probably be my rankings right now. If I had to fairly assess the situation honestly and truthfully, that's where we're at. I'm curious to know what you think. Let me know on Twitter or on X, at KOGZ. I would love to hear what you think. Love to hear what you think. But I have to say, out of all of these people, nobody can compare to the strength, the resiliency, the unbelievable candor from the greatest president in the history of the United States of America, Joe Biden. That guy, you could take Lincoln, you could put in a little dash of George Washington, a little sprinkle of Thomas Jefferson, and a little boop, a little topping of JFK. And that is probably a third, if that, of what Joe Biden is. Because he's a hero, and he's the greatest. And I love the people who are willing to die on the hill saying that Joe Biden is the greatest president in the history of presidents. I love it. It makes it so easy to decipher who's a paid shill or just being dishonest uh, and or who's just out of their mind. Because to say, to die on the hill, to say that Joe Biden <laughs> is the best president in the history of presidents, that is the most bizarre thing to possibly say, okay? This has nothing to do with the prior president because oh, when you say something about Biden, oh, then you become Trump. It has nothing to do with that. Just if you are saying that Biden is the best ever, When he can't even put a sentence together, something is wrong. You're not being honest. You're not being honest. The guy is like a walking vegetable. So anyways, it makes it very easy to be able to tell who you can listen to or who you should listen to and who you shouldn't listen to. But Tim Scott, not very good showing. You know, we know why Chris Christie and people like Ace are on stage. But Chris Christie did answer a couple questions well. I think the most steady was Nikki Haley. I think Nikki Haley performed the best out of anybody. I mean, listen, I don't support politicians. I'm just willing to say the truth. And if you look and assess all of the different answers and how they handle it, seemed like the audience really liked Nikki Haley. I think Nikki Haley had a very good beginning. Vivek was just too much for people. I know he's going to come off as too much. And his climate change hoax thing is not going to play well in clips for the Democratic Party. I'm just telling you that right now. That was a bad thing to put on camera in a debate. Like, it was so confident. Like, you got to, like, be a little more political on that answer, probably. Right. Dodged a little bit. Um, And then uh, Ron DeSantis, overall, pretty, pretty sharp, for sure. Pretty sharp. But he's got a really tough balance with these, you know, what do you want? Trump, MAGA voters and the establishment. You could tell he's in the middle. He is absolutely in the middle. But he's done a very good job. today. He's done a good job today. So let's finish this off right here. I think we've got five minutes, and then um, we'll, we'll end the stream. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. If you do, please subscribe and follow The Jonathan Cogan Show, number one apolitical podcast and on the internet. The here we go.
2: Republican presidential debate on September 27th. It looks pretty <clears> nice <throat> there. Twenty oh, years shout ago, out Rumble. 70% of American adults said they were extremely proud to be an American. That number has now plummeted. To just 39 percent. In his pitch to get to the Oval Office, President Reagan called America the shining city on a hill, a beacon of hope and optimism.
0: So in your closing statement tonight, please tell American voters why you are the person who can inspire this nation to a better day. These are 45 seconds. And we begin with Governor Burgum.
9: I understand why America's hurting. Biden's inflation is choking us. I grew up in a small town. My dad died when I was freshman in high school. My mom, widow of three, went back to work. Every job I had growing up was one where I took a shower at the end of the day, not at the beginning of the day. Our our cities are less safe because of the fentanyl pouring into this country. Our economy is being crushed by Biden's energy policies, which are raising the cost of every product you buy, not just the gasoline at the pump. One thing that I'll do as president, I'll secure the border. I'll get this economy sprinting, not crawling like it is right now. And I would say that other thing is for sure, when I'm on a horseback in the Badlands of North Dakota, it looks like the horizon is just limitless. And when you can almost see beyond that horizon, you can see that this great country, our future is unlimited. But we've got to focus on innovation, not regulation. We've got to cut the red tape. We have got to drive ourselves where the way we win the cold war with China is by growing our economy and through innovation. And as president, I will bring out the best of America. I will improve every American life. Governor, well, we you back
0: on your horse soon, Governor.
10: <laughs> Governor Hutchinson, our nation is in trouble. And it's in trouble because of failed leadership. And the solution is not four more years of Joseph Biden. The solution is not four more years of Donald Trump. The solution is new leadership that can bring bold ideas to America and to bring out the best of America. A president's number one responsibility is to bring out the best of our people. That's what (laughs) Ronald Reagan did. And he did it with optimism and hope for our country, with consistent conservatism. That's exactly what I bring. As president, I'll bring out the best of America in terms of individual responsibility, building our economy, in terms of securing our border, enforcing the rule of law. I'll bring out the best of America in terms of our national character, our faith, and our hope for the future. Join in this fight, asa 2024.com.
0: Thank you, Senator.
1: Thank you. I was a disillusioned young man growing up in a single-parent household mired in poverty. I wondered if the American dream was real for a kid like me. I can stand before you today and say the dream is alive, it is well, and it is healthy. I had the good fortune of a mom who worked 16-hour days making sure we had food on our tables. She taught me that if you're able-bodied in America, you work. If you take out a loan, you pay it back. If you commit a violent crime, you go to jail. And if God made you a man, you play sports against men. I'm Tim Scott. I'm asking you for your vote. And if you're in Iowa, I'm asking you to caucus for me. You can go to VoteTimScott.com for more information or to make a contribution.
2: Governor Christie.
8: Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Martha. Look, it's like an infomercial wants to be the next president of the United States. And the only way that's going to happen is if we beat Joe Biden. I'm the only one on this stage who's ever beaten a Democratic incumbent in an election. I did it in a deep blue state being outspent three to one. Beating a Democratic incumbent is not easy. The last Democratic incumbent president who was defeated was Jimmy Carter. And he was defeated by a conservative governor from a blue state who knew how to get results who stood for the truth, who cared about accountability, and stood strong and hard against waste. Those are the very things that I did in my eight years as governor of New Jersey. And it's exactly what I'll do as president of the United States. Believe me, the Democrats want. I'm the one who can win this race. And if you give me the chance, I will restore our country by winning it.
0: Thank you, Governor Haley. Several weeks
5: ago, I drove no sales pitch to Michael
4: go give a him a, a vote from
5: Afghanistan <laughs> or
4: to
5: check a website a. for another year long deployment. I watched him and 230 soldiers pick up their two duffel bags of belongings to go to a country they had never been all in the name of protecting America. If they are willing to protect us from there, we should be willing to fight for America here. I will beat Joe Biden and he knows that. I will strengthen our economy and we'll bring this inflation down. We will put transparency in the classroom. We will secure our borders. We will have the backs of our law enforcement and we will make sure we have a strong national security. And once again, we will make sure we have an America that is strong and proud. We have a country to save. Join us, go to NikkiHaley.com and let's get it done. Vice President Pence. Thank
6: you, Brad and Martin. Oh, Pat, it's
7: an
4: honor to be
6: here. You got forty thousand contributions. Biden has uh, weakened America at home and abroad. <laughs> the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, their war on energy, runaway spending that launched the worst inflation in forty years, a crisis at our southern border, an assault on our values and liberties, and the American people have had enough. But I know we can bring it back. But different times call for different leadership the Republican Party owes the American people the choice, proven leadership at the national level that knows how to move a conservative agenda forward. We proved in the Trump-Pence years you can turn this country around faster than you can imagine. And I have faith we will again, because I have faith in the American people, the good, decent, hardworking, faith-filled, idealistic people of this country. And I have faith that God is not done with America yet. And if we will renew our faith, Faith in one another and renew our faith in him.
4: I don't know why it makes me laugh.
6: Guided this nation since we arrived on these wilderness shores. Mm-hmm. I know the best days for the greatest nation on earth are yet to come.
3: Thank you, Mr. Ramaswamy. I was born in 1985 and I grew up into a generation. No
4: plug for a website. Also out here.
3: Celebrate our diversity and our differences so much that we forgot all of the ways we are really just the same as Americans, bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion in 1776. And this is our moment to revive those common ideals. God is real. There are two genders. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to man. Capitalism lifts us up from poverty. There are three branches of government, not four. And the U.S. Constitution, it is the strongest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is what won us the American Revolution. That is what will win us the Revolution of 2024.
2: Thanks for letting me introduce myself tonight. Thank you. Governor DeSantis.
7: Governor? This is our time for choosing. We will send Joe Biden back to his basement, and we will reverse the decline of this country. I'm a blue-collar kid. I work minimum wage jobs to be able to make ends meet. I understand the importance of the American dream, and I know how that slipped away from so many millions of Americans. We'll restore it. I'm a veteran who served in Iraq. I know what it means to put service above self. I'm also a dad and a husband to 6, 5, and 3-year-old. I understand the importance of protecting parents' rights and the well-being of our children. In Florida, we showed it could be done. I made promises and I delivered on all of those promises. 2024 is make or break. We're not getting a mulligan, no excuses. I will get the job done and as your president, I will not let you down. God bless you all
2: we want to say thank you. Thank you to all the candidates on the stage tonight. And thank you to Milwaukee.
0: Interesting. To the general election and the conventions before that. Thanks for
5: joining us.
7: All right. That's a wrap. That's a
4: wrap. So again, what did you guys think? I mean. Pretty wild times started off rocky, weird exchanges back and forth. Final ratings. We're going to end it here. I'm going to give Nikki Haley number one. That's a shock. That's crazy. That's nuts. But I give her the number one spot. I think overall throughout the course of this entire thing, she performed the best. Not talking about her views, but just how it was handled, how the audience saw it. She did the best. Number two, DeSantis. DeSantis is number two, pretty solid, but wavering on multiple sides. Number three, Vivek. Recovered a lot towards the end. Recovered a lot towards the end. So that's one, two, three. Number four, Chris Christie. He did well. He took his shots at Trump, which he's supposed to do, but he did very well. Uh, what is that so five um Bergham, you know, just kind of there, stumbled, got nervous a few times. you could see the hesitation, forgot what he was gonna say, but you know had yeah, but did well for the most part, but you know did slip up a decent amount number six, asa, just kind of there, said a bunch of stuff. But, you know, didn't really stutter and everything kind of was clear on what he wanted to say. Just kind of sucked overall. And then last place is Pence. He is so difficult to listen to. I can't believe that dude has 40,000 individual contributions. I don't know who supports that guy, but he comes off as just a schmuck. Just a fraud and a schmuck. Not genuine, totally fabricated like a fake human. I really, it really, it makes me upset. It makes me very upset. I get very emotional when I talk about that. Apparently, I don't know what his deal is, but he just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. I'd love to know what you think. Let me know at KOGZ. That was round one of the GOP debates live. And if you listen to this later, thank you for tuning in to the Jonathan Cogan show. As always, I appreciate it. You can subscribe to the rumble channel, the YouTube channel, Twitter at KOGZ. We're back. We're proud. We are the number one apolitical podcast covering corrupt politics day in and day out with truth and genuine discussion on difficult topics without bias, because that is so difficult to find nowadays. So that is what we deliver. And that is what you can expect from us. I appreciate you being a part of the show. Subscribe, share, jsk.transistor.fm for more episodes. And I'll see you later. Have an amazing day, amazing afternoon, amazing evening. And um, until next time, hasta luego.